This week on Ultra 64, Woody Siskowski stepped up to me. He thinks he can beat me at WCW NWO World Tour. Blake Getz stepped up to me. He thinks he can beat me at WWF Warzone. They both stepped up to me and think they can beat me at WCW NWO Revenge. But I am standing supreme. I'm going to go into that mat and I'm going to conquer because I am the most electrifying man in video game podcasting today. It's going uh, down right now on Ultra 64. Welcome to Ultra 64. I'm going to calm down after that little intro. I'm, uh, I got my heart rushing a little bit. I think I'm a little flushed. I, 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 I know what it feels like to be the rock at this moment. We'll be, I we'll be back you. in 10 minutes, everyone, once we take good. a breather. Yeah, well, I'm going to keep uh, the dead space in here. I'm just going to let the, <laughs> let the podcast roll over the next 10 minutes. I'm going to go take a walk. Uh, welcome to Ultra 64. We are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week we are playing a different randomly selected game from the or Nintendo 64 catalog. Games. Or trio of games. Or, or quintet of games is sometimes uh, in, the, uh, in the N64 catalog. And then we're just going to play them and uh, talk about them. And learn and become educated and 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 just explore topics we knew very little about. And discover that the real friendship was inside us all along. Uh, my name is Steve Guntling. I'm heavyweight champion Woody Siskowski. Uh, we are joined by a first-time guest on the show. Say hello, first-time guest on the show. Hi, uh, my name is Blake Getch, and I am the first-time guest on the show. Welcome, welcome. And that is how you will be known from now on. Even if you come back, uh, you're still first-time guest Blake Getch from now on. It will be, will be very on. confusing for the yeah, listeners. Hey. <laughs> we are very happy to have Blake here. We are uh, uh, Blake and I were in a production of La Caja Folle uh, a little while ago, yeah. and uh, we were talking about the podcast a little bit, and he mentioned that he played wrestling games. And like a piranha, I uh, uh, struck at him because <laughs> I don't know anyone else who plays wrestling games. I'd have never played wrestling games. I have no background in wrestling whatsoever. So we're very glad to have somebody who knows at least a little <laughs> bit of what they're talking about. Oh, I yeah. like the way you guys met um, and talked about wrestling when you were both in a drag-themed yes. production. <laughs> yep. Musical yeah, production. Yeah. Yeah, and Blake had to do drag the entire time. I only had one yeah. drag scene, which I'm bummed about. But uh, yeah, I was uh, I was standing there in the dressing room with my corset on, uh, <laughs> my wig, and I, you know, me and Steve just started talking. I was like, yeah, I, you know, play two wrestling games, and uh, <laughs> puts well, you leagues ahead of us. <laughs> I start foaming at the mouth, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so this is the first time we're talking about wrestling, and it's kind of nuts it's taken us this long to get to it, because I think wrestling is a pretty important part of the N64 DNA, like whether or not right I around, play these games or not. Right, right around this time, wrestling was experienced this big restlessance. Restlessance, I like yeah. that word. Yeah. Um, nice. And there were just tons of games that they were pumping out, so I think yeah. there's... Nine or ten on the N sixty four. Nine, yeah, I think, yeah, which is there. crazy. That's you know two or th- that's about two a year. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's about right. And they, they, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. It's a big part of the system, and it's something I've kind of been afraid to touch because, like I said, I have no background in wrestling. I've never watched it. I've never played any of the games. I don't really understand it from a conceptual standpoint. It's something I've kind of struggled with. And I know fans of wrestling are rabid, and they they really get into it. And they really Rest, I think so. I've been wanting to do a good job. Categories of things that exist where you can either not understand them at all or be rabid about them. I think right. wrestling is one. 
comic books probably uh-huh. mm-hmm. anime is sure. another anime one is, very much. is those people who are sort of are in the world and know all about mm-hmm. it like know and if, everything about it if yeah. you want to go a little more highbrow opera is the yeah. same way yes, definitely. <laughs> all of these yeah. things are stuff that you either get or you don't and because the uh, barrier to entry is so high yeah there's all this crazy like backstory and oh, history man. and ret you know continuity and retconning that oh yeah it's just all the time continuous story or like so coronation street you're gonna start watching coronation it's a soap street. opera wrestling <laughs> yeah. is just a big elaborate soap opera that's oh, that's yeah. the uh the conclusion Absolutely. i've come away with yeah yeah and it uh i don't know so yeah I've, I've never watched it but i've been fascinated researching it there's so much stuff to go into and uh Woody, I think we need to hear your feelings on this. Because okay. as we said in previous episodes, wrestling games for you are what football games are for me. In that, like, you just have, like, a, a possibly irrational distaste for them. Yeah, and I mean, it comes from... I mean, I think generally wrestling games are quite boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think wrestling as a... See, wrestling offers many strange, interesting thought experiments to ask. Like, is it a sport? Is it theater? What does it say about free will? <laughs> um, all these kind of things... But mostly, I just very, very much dislike wrestling. Professionally, I dislike the whole aesthetic of Mm. big, angry, sweaty men who are yelling (laughs) at each other. Even if it's sort of done in this theatrical sort of spirit of fun, I'm not sure that all the fans are really in it for that spirit. I think it's a huge contributor to, like, toxic masculinity. Um, There's lots of homophobic themes that ran through it. I don't know. Maybe they've gotten better about that. Um and so the whole I'm doing the so-so motion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole ass, all those aspects sort of make me uncomfortable. And mostly, yeah. So generally, I just think it's very dumb, mm. which I would be okay with if I thought it was entertaining. But you showed us a couple matches online mm. that people had referenced you as like, "This is a good wrestling match," um, and then a bad wrestling match. Yeah, and I could barely tell the difference. It's um, true. I mm-hmm. think I have the same barrier where, like, I really want to get into wrestling sometimes. Sometimes I'm just like, I, I like this oddball world. This yeah. is a very strange, very singular kind of experience, and I really want to get into it. And then I watch a match, and I'm just bored to death. Yeah. And it's just like, well, you, you see so many of the strings. How many times are you going to see someone pick someone up by the head and then drop them down? And you see it once, and you're like, that was an impressive stunt. Sure. And yeah. then it goes on for 20 more minutes, and you're yeah. like... Uh, okay. Yeah. And, and there's just, you know, the appeal of sports and football in general, or whatever sport you're going to watch, is the sense that sort of anything can happen. Uh-huh. And, you know, there just sort of will be this sort of unpredictable randomness where some team will come from behind or the ref will flub at some call. Mm-hmm. Um, where if everything is sort of predetermined, and that's yeah. not to say that random things don't happen. Sure. Because, you know, these are heavy men doing like. Very impressive stunts, oh, yeah, even yeah. though they're staged, they're still dangerous. Oh, that's yeah. that's um, one of the big takeaways I've gotten from uh, my research and reading is that yes, wrestling is staged, but don't call it fake. These people are really getting hurt, and yeah. these yeah, they're definitely like mm-hmm. amazing athletes. But it's just hard to feel that sense of like investment when I yeah, I guess. Th- Wrestling is like, to me, it's a character-driven thing where all these guys are playing very goofy characters and to get invested, you want to side with a character that you're excited about and be like, yeah, "Yeah, I hope he wins, but I don't give a shit about any of these characters (laughs) because they're all just big, sweaty, angry men and their characters like, I'm the the undead, I'm from a different planet, I can take a lot of abuse, whatever it is, I'm a pretty boy, they're all stupid. I want to see characters who are like, 
I want them to go all the way and just like commit to like anime stories where like they give like fake <laughs> rockets on their hands Ooh, and stuff okay. like this, or like I they're fighting over these orbs of power, oh, yeah. and then one of them like grabs the orb and then like light shoots out of it, and he like zaps the other guy who gets blinded, yeah. and then all his clothes incinerate. Love it. Yeah, I love Th- it. That I would, I would watch. I would be great with that. I, 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 get, I yeah. just I'm not. I'm not crazy about just like the the sort of middle ground of like this is extreme, but it's still kind of a real sport, and it just in the end it just comes off as boring. Well, the closest I've come to it is like I, I went to a, a concert, like a festival, like a couple of uh, punk shows uh, last summer, and they had Lucha Libre wrestling mm-hmm. going on in between shows. Like so, you would go watch Pennywise and go see Lucha Libre, and then go see The Offspring. You know, so. Uh, and I got way more excited yeah. about the Lucha Libre matches. They were really fun to watch. And I think it helps being there yeah, because I, the yeah. crowd – and again, everybody knows it's fake. Everybody knows. And mm-hmm. you're still getting real excited about it and you got all this – you got all this nice energy going. Yeah. And mm-hmm. seeing it in person and hearing them like grunt and sweat and everything, it's pretty impressive to watch. I could see that. I could see being at a wrestling show if someone dragged you there would be a good time. I think that I would be fun. imagine yeah. Yeah. me willingly going to one. Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel like it's definitely a big – difference going to one and watching it on tv yeah like have you been any live uh not at all no okay yeah yeah yeah. um but just when i was like i I actually i went through a phase of getting into it Mm. just because i i thought it was real you know like when i was younger i was like Mm -hmm. oh my god like these people are just beating the shit out of each other but once i came to the realization that it was staged i was like i kind of got turned away from it just because like oh it's you know I was one of those people that called it fake. Mm. But once I started getting more and more into theater, I was like, wow. Like, I can actually, I can get behind this and, you know, I respect, like... It's a very weird cross-section of, like, huge athletic men and, like, very sort of effeminate, showy theater. It's it's true. All, All three of us are, like, theater guys and have been doing theater for a long, long time. So, like, you can look at this as a production and you're like shit that's impressive yeah. like i did a show of noises off where i had to keep falling down the stairs and it fucking wrecked me like every <laughs> night like i would get home and it's like y- yeah y- so do that but instead of falling down the stairs lay on this table right and then i'm gonna dive on the table with you <laughs> on it and break it in half yeah yeah you think about that it's like and a lot of these guys are shirtless you can see that they are not wearing padding there's only so much fake shit you can mm-hmm. use. like, And it's a real table because it needs to support their 400-pound weight. Yeah. So yeah. like, a lot of this stuff is real, and they're, they're really taking some abuse. So that's pretty impressive to me. But I guess I wanted to preface this with all of this just so I could say, like, wrestling fans out there, we're going to do our best to talk about this from somewhat of a knowledgeable perspective, but uh, I'm coming to this blind. I'm just basing this on a lot of research. So if I get stuff wrong, I apologize. It's all coming from a good place. But, uh, Not me. Mine's also, coming from a place of hate. He is. Prove me wrong, wrestling fans. <laughs> Take me on this Sunday. Show me that wrestling doesn't suck. See, it gets under I'll your skin, though. All comers. <laughs> Unless you're bigger than me. Oh, that's the problem. It's yeah. most comers because I'm pretty small. Well, I will. Uh, let's get this started. Oh, I guess I should tell you the games that we're playing because I yelled them at the beginning. But we're playing three games. And the way we decided to organize these is that uh, I, I was kind of 
wrestling, if you will, with how to present <laughs> oh. it, uh, because there's a lot of these games, and you don't want to do just one whole episode with like eight WCW games, you know. So uh, yeah, I all split these games them up. were blending together to me when we just they played were a three little of bit. them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we uh, we went chronologically, and uh, we're just going to go with that. We're going to break them up in little chunks of three and go chronologically, and that kind of works because they're like the seasons of a TV show. Like plot lines carry on from from game to game and stuff like that. So that's the way we kind of chose to go with it. So we went with uh, WCW NWO World Tour. That's one game. That's one game. With three titles. (laughs) titles. Way too many titles. Uh, Then we played WWF Warzone and then WCW NWO Revenge. So those are the three first uh, chronological games on the N64. Uh, To research this and to help prepare, I read uh, a book I think everyone should totally read. It's really worth your time. It's called, it's David Shoemaker's uh, The Squared Circle. Uh, so I'm drawing a lot of my information from that. It's really cool. And, uh, yeah, set down Steven Pinker's The Better Angels of Our Nature yes. and learn about <laughs> Do professional wrestling. I'm telling you, this is a good book. This really is a good book. And uh, it's like every chapter – I didn't realize the theme until I got to the end of the book, but every chapter about a wrestler, like all the wrestlers that he focuses on are dead. They all died in some horrible, tragic way. So he goes into the lab. And then I also watched a documentary called Beyond the Mat – uh, from 2000, which uh, is very interesting. It kind of follows four different wrestlers at various stages in their careers. And I'm convinced that the segment in this movie uh, where they're following Jake the Snake Roberts is the inspiration for the Darren Aronofsky movie, The Wrestler. I'm pretty convinced of that because that he's sense. a he's a junkie. Uh, he was really big in the 80s, and now he has a really strained relationship with his daughter, but he can't be trusted because he does drugs too much. And yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting movie. I'd recommend mm-hmm. that one. Uh, so, firstly, a few wrestling phrases we should familiar, familiarize ourselves with uh, going forward. A baby face, or sometimes just called a face, is the good guy, and the heel in a wrestling match is a bad guy. Uh, jobbers are the low-level wrestlers who basically lose for a living to make other wrestlers look good. Uh, there's some guys okay. called enhancement talent. I think that's a nicer way to say it. <laughs> I, got, I get emails from those guys all the time. <laughs> hey, you need some enhancement talent? Try, I try w- these I wanna, pills. I want <laughs> I was just thinking, I want to hire some like enhancement talent for my real life to with, follow me around. I want to be on this podcast and be like, oh, uh, I know about Nintendo 64, and then we sound really smart. Yeah. <laughs> or I'll just get somebody to come in and do my job really shitty, and then like, oh, no, you, you step aside. Let a real man come in here and edit these resumes. Yeah, I want to do that. I like this idea. Uh, kayfabe is the practice of staying in character at all times, like upholding the reality of all the rivals and all the characters, even when you're not in the ring. And that's a big deal for wrestlers is maintaining kayfabe because yeah i guess it's that's the thing that's so bizarre about i mean among many other things is Mm. they're all playing characters but at the same time they can't revert to just like they're using the the wrestling names is the name that they have all the time whenever they're in public it's not like they're going and playing this wrestler and then just sort of reverting back to their regular persona oh, it's yeah, like yeah. whenever they're out in public they have to keep up this persona or you know that's part of the contract an example stone cold steve austin and Dwayne the rock johnson we still call them that like Dwayne johnson is one of the biggest movie stars in the world yeah. and we still see he's, the rock in the middle of his very, name very very slowly moved away from it it's taken like that's, 10 years of him being a huge movie star now we to don't, finally be yeah. able to erase that nickname. We don't think of him as primarily a wrestler anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, which uh, very few other wrestlers have managed to do that. I think Dave Batista's on his way. I, th- I really like him as an actor, actually. Yeah. And it's, not, it's not that surprising that so... 
so many. John Cena was a wrestler, right? Oh yeah, yeah. John Cena. Yeah. So I really did he like ever it. have a goofy nickname? No. No, he no. was just John well, Cena. That, that's a secret. What was but, his gimmick? Was that you couldn't see him or something? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was invisible. He was invisible. <laughs> <He's> yeah. invisible. <laughs> he would wave made his the matches hand. very. They, they really cut down on the fees. They just he didn't have to show up. And the <laughs> that's other guys great. threw themselves around. Yeah. That's a sweet gig. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's not surprising that you know these wrestlers have found success. Yeah. Um, because you have probably have, you have to be a pretty good actor to be a good wrestler because yeah to be committed to it yeah, yeah absolutely it's a combination of athletics and acting yeah uh, a few more terms so we have a uh, blading or juicing that's when a wrestler uses a razor blade to cut their forehead open Ooh. uh to make the matches bloody yeah. that, that's hard to fake it's hard to fake it's hard uh, to fake so yeah they they do that and uh Again, in the Beyond the Mat, there's a scene with uh, uh, Mankind where... Uh, Mick Foley. Yeah, they're Mick Foley, and they're following him backstage. speaker Mick Foley. <laughs> it's, like, scary. His his two young kids and his wife are in the crowd, like, ringside, watching him. And uh, he's doing a match with The Rock, and it goes wrong. He takes a chair to the head, and they're showing backstage. His head is just gashed open and they're stapling it shut and he's trying to talk to his little daughter and tell her no daddy's okay daddy's okay it's like oh fuck man anyway wow uh a pop is a big positive response from the crowd uh and the opposite of that is heat so if the if the audience is turning on you they're giving you heat if they're cheering it's a pop uh a shoot is uh moments when kayfabe fails so when some moment of reality mm-hmm. sneaks in so either somebody gets really hurt or somebody breaks character or something like that and a work is the opposite of a shoot. Basically, when everything goes exactly how you want it to, you say they worked the match. But there's also a work shoot work where shoot. they pretend that someone is breaking character, yeah. but that is part of the bit. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That, 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 that's a thing. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's just, it's all about, you know, these sort of overlords behind the scenes manipulating the audience into rooting for who they want to root mm-hmm. for and sort of controlling the emotions in these storylines. I mean, it's marketing more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's whoever's whoever's winning the matches, whoever's just most popular market wise. At the but moment. then you yeah. need to yeah. find a way, you know, to try and make them the underdogs and things like this. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, let's go into a little bit of history. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna briefly touch on this. Uh, <laughs> uh, wrestling, of course, dates back to antiquity. It was uh, a sport of wrestling was played in the ancient Olympics. But the nude, oil-soaked Greco-Roman wrestling style didn't really endure well in the prudish United States in the uh, early uh, 1900s. So, but wrestling sideshows still attracted crowds. And early on, when the, uh, promoters were trying to popularize the sport, uh, they were trying for a more traditional wrestling like you see in classic Olympics. But fans really grew bored of that because it's all about holds, which means sometimes you'd be sitting there watching two men on a mat just like holding each other for like an hour or two hours at a time so people got pretty bored well, and conversely <clears throat> it could be over very quickly oh because yeah it was yeah. just one pin so it could start and a guy flips the other guy over and pins him in like 10 seconds you're like okay match over right and that's still the wrestling style that they have in um, high school high school yeah yeah, yeah yeah but i mean it's not very fun to look at you know <laughs> so i mean kind of uh the the outlandish style of we know it of like uh wrestling now kind of stung st- strung for the um sideshow uh like caramel sideshows and stuff like that uh i think uh you know like 
it, it has kind of this lowest common denominator appeal that they were trying to hustle people and like bring in quarters and stuff like that. So, and that still exists to this day. I mean, I think <laughs> the lowest this, common denominator theme runs strong. Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, so the sport started finding mainstream appeal thanks largely to the antics of a wrestler named Gorgeous George, who was uh, this outrageously styled, like pompous caricature. Who was he? Was one of the great like pretty boy heels uh back in the day and it started attracting crowds it started attracting televised crowds which was a big deal for that and by the 70s leagues started popping up in different markets around the country i believe in what gorgeous george was in the 50s yeah Mm -hmm. i was doing uh fact research for a trivia that i run and he was the highest paid athlete like of any sport yeah in in the years when he was wrestling he was yeah absolutely Uh, so the sport really picked up steam during the 80s, thanks largely to the World Wrestling Federation, or the WWF, and their roster of splashy, larger-than-life figures like Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage, and Andre the Giant. Uh, so the WWF was founded in 1952 by Jess McMahon, and it's been in the McMahon family for, f- I think, four generations now. I think it's on to its fourth. Uh, the company really started to flourish under current CEO Vince McMahon, who uh, bought the company from his father in 1982. Under him, the yearly WrestleMania events became major draws in the early days of cable and pay-per-view, and the larger-than-life muscle-bound figures at the center were perfectly suited to the flash and excess and basically the whole aesthetic of the 1980s. Uh, wrestling permeated pop culture in a major, major way during those years, and it's gone on to become a billion-dollar-a-year history. And I mean... Industry. Industry. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, uh, a lot of words. Y'all, yeah. y'all whippersnappers don't remember, but growing up in the 80s, you could not escape wrestling, especially if you were a young boy. I think I had like a, a Hulk Hogan wrestle buddy, like the pillows that were shaped oh, like your favorite wrestler yeah. that you could like grapple with. Yeah. I had one, ha- despite having never watched wrestling. My parents thought I was really into wrestling. I don't know where they got that idea. I was never into wrestling. Maybe they're just trying to like hint you. Like they're trying to get you into something. Like Steve, do a push up. Come on, look at the, look at these guys. Don't you want them to be your heroes? Don't Go you want, exercise. Don't you get want up. To be two feet tall and and buff like, <laughs> like this Hulk Hogan. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It, it, did uh, what? Did you have any exposure to wrestling at all when you were a kid? Um, just just through friends who were into it. Hmm. Um, often people would have sort of wrestling games for the Super Nintendo that hmm. I would be forced to play. Yeah. So I'm sort of familiar with. <laughs> a lot of these wrestlers who had appeared in these games. Oh, yeah. Um, but I I don't think I've... I've only watched it on TV a couple times. And then, you know... And then I took a media literacy class and we watched a film about, you know, <laughs> the poor role models and bad effects and themes put sure. forth in professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, mm-hmm. like I said, I hope... I mean, that's not wrong. I yeah. hope we've gotten slightly better. Yeah, um, yeah. So did wrestling sort of peak around the 80s? Or I kind of feel like... I, I feel like hmm. around this time when these games came out is sort of the height of this, wrestling. This era the- was kind of the resurgence. Uh, like, because, yeah, it, it kind of peaked in the 80s. Like, it was really, really big in the 80s. And then uh, uh, viewership started to wane a little bit. But around this time, uh, the WCW sprung up. So the WCW sp- stands for World Wrestling Championship. And aside from Wait, the WWF... WCW stands for World oh, Wrestling... Oh, World Championship Cham- Wrestling. Okay, Fucking yeah. hell. Oh, my God. I, I wrote it wrong. <laughs> Autocorrect, I'm going to say. Um, so aside from the WWF, they've released the most wrestling games on the N64, and it's because they were really having a moment right around the time the N64 was having their moment. So uh, wrestling leagues kind of work a little bit like regional sports teams. Most of them stay in their respective markets, mm-hmm. but in the 90s, a few of these leagues started making a play to kind of break up the WWF's stranglehold on the industry. And the WCW is the league that came the closest to uh, to toppling them, I think. It was started in Atlanta in 1988, and it became the, the, they became... 
they began aggressively acquiring like big name talent who were you know fed up with the WWF <laughs> and they're kind of shitty. They've got monopoly. Some, well, I mean, it's they have it's a monopoly, a monopoly yeah. and as because because of that, the WWF has kind of shitty. Uh, employment policies and like anti-union policies and stuff like that they treat their wrestlers kind of poorly uh so in the mid 90s uh the league went under the supervision of a wrestler and promoter named eric bischoff and he helped launch uh wcw monday nitro which was a weekly wrestling show on tnt that wound up sparking a ratings war with wwf's flagship show on the usa network which was called monday night raw so they were calling this period the Monday Night Wars, basically. So you had these two leagues competing for ratings, viewership. And the WCW wound up winning this uh, quite a bit. Uh, they beat Raw in the ratings for 83 consecutive weeks between 97 and 98, which is a pretty big deal. And uh, they prompted a lot of top talent to cut ties with WWF and move over. Um I kind of reached out to some people on Twitter because, like I said, I don't really know anything about this. To Twitter and on Facebook and stuff like that. Uh, like I talked to uh, Henry Gilbert, who's a former host of Cheap Podcast and current host of Talking Simpsons. And then uh, Matthew, who runs a uh, uh, YouTube channel called Botchamania, all about wrestling. Uh, both really good guys. And they reached out uh, for some highlights uh, of this era. And some of the ones that everybody tossed out at me was the, the 1998 championship title match between Bill Goldberg and Hulk Hogan. Which we all watched. I sent that YouTube uh-huh. video to you guys. And uh, I didn't get it. Uh, I could appreciate it. I, I kind of liked watching Goldberg as an empl- as a performer. I think he's a really interesting, like... He, I think he's a very dynamic... He's a big, like, aggressive guy. And he's, he's interesting to watch. Uh, Hulk Hogan just kind of always looks bored to me. Yeah. Or he yeah. just always looks like... Also, he looks super old. I didn't realize that Hulk Hogan yeah. like yeah. looks so old at this point. He would he have been like... in his late forties around this <laughs> yeah. era. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's weird how long wrestlers stay in the game. Like a lot, there are a lot, a lot of wrestlers in their fifties. Yeah, which kind of has—I don't know. When you think of it that way, it kind of has a weird sort of sad connotation to it. <laughs> a to little think bit. of like these fifty-year-old guys just like yeah. pretending yeah. to beat each other up. I mean, I mean, if you're making enough money, then hey, why not? Yeah. But I mean, you know, despite uh, dis- so the WCW kind of started to fade. I mean, they had a lot of big names on their ticket. They had they had Goldberg, they had Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Randy Savage, Sting, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, Bret Hart, Hulk Hogan. They all started repping WCW, but uh, the league's popularity started to go away because increasingly they had these baffling storylines, and they also had a lot of really exciting like younger wrestlers on their ticket that they weren't promoting properly. So like we had sto- some of the examples of stories. Uh, there's uh, the the league president or the person acting as the president of WCW was Ric Flair, who's like a f- legendary wrestler. For a little while, he was sent to a mental institution uh, where they <laughs> really? had these really outlandish uh, uh, portrayals of people with mental disabilities oh. wandering around while Ric Flair was like going crazy and talk yelling at the TV all the time. Uh, there was another one where Diamond Dallas Page teamed up with Jay Leno to take down Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff in a tag team match. <laughs> and in 2000, the league awarded the heavyweight championship to actor David Arquette, who was on a promotional appearance to plug Ready to Rumble, which is a forgotten uh, mm-hmm. comedy that he did with Scott Kahn. And apparently even he wasn't very happy about it. He's a big wrestling fan. He's like, come on, this is kind of bullshit. Guys. Why are we doing this? <laughs> Um, but according to most fans, the league hit its low point with 1998's Halloween Havoc, a pay-per-view event featuring a match between Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior. A lot of wrestler, wrestling fans still consider this one of the worst matches ever. We watched that one, too. And again, this one I can see a little bit more why people were upset with it. They both look really bored. Um, 
And Hulk Hogan, at one point, he kind of kneels down and he's like fumbling in his pockets trying to get this contact paper out of his pocket so he could throw a fireball. And they keep not igniting, so he's just, like, throwing blank sheets of paper at the Ultimate Warrior who's <laughs> just standing there. Yes, it doesn't really work. And eventually yeah. one finally goes off, and it just blasts Hulk Hogan in his own face. Like, by mistake, he, he set his own mustache on fire. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, people weren't crazy about that. And then they just had to improvise the finale, because that was supposed to be the finale, was the, the fireball into the Warrior's face. <laughs> so they just had to goof around and improvise for a minute until they could finish the match. But, yeah, people thought that one was kind of the shitty one. I was kind of surprised by that. Then, like allowing them to have fire with how much like oil is on their bodies and yeah can't imagine like his mustache just how much grease or you know whatever products in there just gonna go up in flames god i don't want to think about what hulk hogan smears on himself <laughs> <laughs> every every word in that sentence is unpleasant <laughs> oh man uh yeah okay so uh we'll talk a little bit about nwo and then we'll get into the games themselves so if wcw was the upstart then the nwo was the upstart to the upstart uh it was kind of one of the more popular storylines of the era so in this storyline they debuted it in 1996 at the bash at the beach um hulk hogan uh or then being called hollywood hogan he he joined forces with the outsiders uh which is uh, scott hall and kevin nash batman leads that team right yes him, him and geoforce uh-huh yes <laughs> absolutely <laughs> element man <laughs> Uh, so they, they uh, decided to form their own rival wrestling league called the New World Order, which was a big deal because Hogan had been a hero for most of his career. He started as a heel, but he'd been the face of wrestling for all throughout the 80s. And uh, him turning into a bad guy kind of reinvigorated his career, and it reinvigorated uh, the WCW. So people started watching Nitro, mostly because of this storyline. Um, anyway... Let's move on to the games. Finally, so much wrestling. And I mean, there's obviously this stuff I missed, but we have other wrestling episodes. Yeah, take these down in your footnotes, guys. Consult back to them later if we have to play more wrestling games. We do. We do. All right, so our first game we're going to be tackling today is WCW slash NWO World Tour. It was released November 30th, 1997, developed by Asmic Ace Entertainment and Aki Corporation, and published by THQ, and this one was a Nintendo 64 exclusive. So Asmic Ace Entertainment is the video game production wing of Ace Pictures, which specializes in releasing, like, uh, kind of smaller art house films in Japan. Uh, most of their games were only released in Japan. Uh, this game is actually the American counterpart to a game called Virtual Pro Wrestling 64, uh, but they added, like, some American leagues and the license mm-hmm. onto this one. Um, their other American releases include games like the Super NES RPG Paladin's Quest, Super Highlight for the Genesis, various ports of Shinobi and Altered Beasts, and a weird game called Boomer's Adventure in Asmic World, <laughs> which I've seen on Retro Shells. It's a Game Boy game, and it always stuck out to me because it's like, wow, this did like an elementary school win a contest to design a cover <laughs> art. Like it's really, it's like a hand-drawn picture of a pink dinosaur, and huh. I have no idea what the game's about. Uh, but that's their mascot. The company's mascot is Boomer the Pink Dinosaur, so... And, and then, he's um, just in the world of their company. Just in the world of their company, I guess. He's just walking around their office building, I suppose. Like, he's hey, guys. Unlockable he's... character in one of their games. Yeah. So Aki Corporation was best known for their wrestling games. They've done at least four of the ones we're going to talk about. Uh, and uh, they've done many others, including the only other wrestling game I've actually played, uh, Def Jam Fight for New York, uh, which is a fantastic game. A yeah, that's that's one of my straight-up, non-ironically favorite games that it's great. there is. It's <laughs> very, very fun. So much um, fun. You just play as rappers. 
Um, and it has general wrestling games mechanics, but it plays a lot faster and it's yeah. a lot more violent. It is. Yep. You Which have uh, people is... in the crowd handing you weapons. Everyone, you'll bump into like a crowd of people. They'll shove you back in, but they'll put a shiv in your hand first. Yeah, and that's. <laughs> I think that's what these games. I mean, we'll talk about this more later. But I think that's something that these games needed is because they're still fixed to like the illusion of being professional wrestling. They never get all that over the top. Oh no, um, yeah, and sort of the energy they, they all just feel pretty slow and pretty tame yeah it's true and i think most people most of the things i've read like the aki corporation are the ones responsible for the better wrestling games uh and that's just kind of what they're known for and fans of wrestling games tend to drift towards them like i think they did wrestlemania 2000 like they switched over to wwf uh after i think after this one but yeah yeah so uh, yeah, they're both still around. Uh, they're they're mostly just releasing games in Japan these days. But uh, so generally, they're still pumping out WWF games. Mm-hmm. But the it's usually it's not more than one a year, right? If if even that, I think it is one a year. Yeah, okay, I think so yeah. it's got the, yeah. the Madden schedule exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's a uh, actually WWE. At oh, this point. that's right. right. They got yeah. a, a lawsuit with the pandas. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, the pandas won. I forget what year that was. I think it was two thousand four or five. They lost that lawsuit and they had to give up the name. But just, so. just to clarify, that was to World Wildlife Federation. <laughs> yes, worldwide or the no, World Wildlife Fund. Ah, and then now it's World Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah. So yeah, again, blurring the lines. So well, this that also I feel like they sort of went that way because there was also much. Sort of for a while, I was in the same boat as you, Blake. When I was much younger, I thought that it was real, yeah. mm-hmm. and so I'm like, "How are these guys doing this? How 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 can they yeah. take all this punishment?" And I don't know. Maybe it just corresponded with me being wiser, but I felt like as you know, as the internet got more proliferated and stuff, WWE was just like, "Yeah, it's just, it's just entertainment." It's it they, it was sort of they, it was not something that they openly acknowledged mm-hmm. um, earlier, and then eventually they're like, "Yeah, we just it's all fake." Yeah, I mean. And I mean, I don't think anybody other than little kids actually thinks it's real. I think right. that's kind of a myth. It's yeah. like it was it was kind of a, the popular thing back. It's like, oh, you're watching wrestling. Huh? You know, it's not real, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Of course, they fucking know it's not real. That well, guy just also like... probably got latched onto by like, uh, you know, protective groups and legislators oh, yeah. and like, like kids are imitating this stuff because they think it's real. So, that makes sense. Yeah. You could see that. Yeah, which is true. There, 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 was, there, were a there lot was a of... weird push too of like crazy backyard wrestling for a while. Right. Oh, yeah. There were some video games of that too. Yeah. yeah. Backyard, backyard wrestling with ICP. Did oh yeah. That? Yeah. I have. Thank- I thankfully. Have. They are not for the Nintendo 64, <laughs> so we don't not. have to play them. Oh, man, yeah, ICP is another subculture. Some of the I can't worst really games <laughs> ever are wrestling games. The Simpsons, Simpsons wrestling, wrestling is oh. terrible. Okay, I have I mean, played that game. Yeah, yeah that it's, one's that one's garbage. It's a celebrity deathmatch game, yep. uh, which I assume is super terrible. It's, it's very terrible, be, right? Yeah. yeah, I can't imagine it would yeah. be. Uh, so this game, uh, World Tour, this is part of the N64's Million Sellers Club. This is the 37th best-selling game on the system, 1.3 million units sold. It was the first wrestling game on the system, so I think that helped. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's a direct sequel to a PS1 exclusive title called WCW versus the World, which we don't have to talk Just about. Very, yeah. It's a kind of a shame that it's kind of like World Tour, but like they don't show you, you know, you're just in these arenas, and yeah. it's just very dark, and you have this crowd. They're never, like, in front of the Eiffel Tower, like, pushing dudes off the Space Needle. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. That'd be great. I would yeah. Love, I, yeah. I didn't like, even you know, think that about was that. The, they didn't really embrace the world element. For Rampage yeah. World Tour, you know, that was the appeal. You go and see the different cities, and sometimes they have landmarks and icons. Mm-hmm. And they nailed it. I don't it. know if this would have been fun. Yeah. Once again, <laughs> Rampage World Tour, best game. Yeah, best exactly. Game we played. <laughs> 
So uh, the cover athletes this time around. We have uh, on the left representing WCW is Paul White II, and on the right for the NWO is Terry Jean Balea. So White at this time went by the name The Giant. Today he's better known as Big Show. He's <laughs> oh, a 7-foot-tall, okay. 400-pound behemoth of a man who is the only wrestler to hold heavyweight championships in the WCW, WWF, WWE, and ECW. He's appeared as an actor in movies like The Waterboy, Jingle All the Way, and MacGruber, and he played the lead in a 2017 direct-to-video Jetsons WWE animated crossover feature, <laughs> which I really want to watch. Wow. It's called WWE Jetsons Robomania. I do, I do think it's weird that there's crossovers of like Jetsons and Scooby-Doo with WWE. Yeah. To yeah. me, they should be appealing to different groups. And right. the fact that they're not is kind of weird. It's very the strange. The fact that, like, hey, our targeted audience for this, like, hyper-violent show is people who like Scooby-Doo. Like, that was a weird trend, like, that they were, Warner Bros. was kind of trotting out their old properties. Like, there's a there's a Tom and Jerry crossover with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I mean, like, that, really? I, can, I can get that one a little more. Well, kind of, but it's like morally, mostly it's just an animated recreation of the original movie, but occasionally Tom and Jerry are in the background fighting. <laughs> like, it's really weird. They don't have any actual impact on the plot, I don't think. I think they're just there. That's okay. That's interesting. It's very strange. I think, uh, and like another thing that, another show that did that was, um, did you ever watch Mucha Lucha? No. So that was a Cartoon Network show where it was like um, lucha luchadors. Okay, and it was like a school of luchadors, and Penn and Teller were actually a guest star. On that. <laughs> Bullshit. It was, I, I mean, no, I, it's true. I remember it being pretty pretty good, actually. <laughs> I have to check that one out. Yeah, no. I have kind of an affinity for like Cartoon Network shows that I was too old to watch, but now I'm like even older. I want to go back and watch them. <laughs> so like uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Animals or whatever. Like I, I've watched some of that. I've, I've gone back and watched yeah. Adventure Time. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Uh, so our other athlete, Terry Balea, that's the real name of Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Uh, many, mm. many people don't know. Terry Balea. Terry Balea. Uh, I, th- I think it's safe to say he's the most famous wrestler alive, right? As far as the most well, famous as, person as who's, solely, yeah. Yeah, who's solely identified as a wrestler. Like I think either him or Andre the Giant. But I mean, Andre. Well, Andre's most not alive. Is, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. He's not alive. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. Well, and with all the scandals that Hulk Hogan went through, I think, think he's he may be the most famous. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, wrestling for most of my life has been synonymous with Hulk Hogan. Like, yeah. if you think of a wrestler, yeah. Hulk Hogan is the one who comes to mind. Uh, he was definitely the biggest star of American wrestling during the biggest period of American wrestling in the '80s and '90s. Uh, his career's it's ebbed and flowed. He joined the league in 1977. But he's still been a prominent figure pretty much that entire time. At his peak, he was the main character in his own animated TV show, even though he was voiced by Brad Garrett from Everybody Loves Raymond. (laughs) Um, He starred in multiple classic movies, including Suburban Commando, Thunder in Paradise, and Santa with Muscles. Santa with Muscles? Have you seen Santa with Muscles? No, it sounds like a winner. This is a bad movie night. Oh, okay. Walk. Christmas bad movies. We have got to do Santa with Muscles. (laughs) Now, now did he play Santa? Was he He Santa? He better have been Santa. He was Santa. He was the Muscles. Wouldn't that be a bullshit if your movie Hulk Hogan stars in Santa with Muscles and he's just like... Like a social worker in two scenes. <laughs> the rest of the movie's about some rando. Um, so yeah, in 2009, he was kind of making a big push towards legitimacy. He was really lobbying for the lead in The Wrestler, the Darren Aronofsky mm. film that we talked about. And uh, he he went on Stern and was claiming, he's like, yeah, no, I was up, I was up for it. I was one of the do- only three people like uh, auditioning for it. And then Darren Aronofsky came. I was like, what? No, no, <laughs> he was never considered. I wanted Mickey Rourke. I never wanted anybody else. So he was not considered. 
Um, the Wrestler, very good movie, by the way, if nobody's seen it. And Mickey yeah. Rourke, very good in it. Very good Probably in much it. better than Hulk Hogan would have been. Because I feel like this is the role, like, I don't think anybody else could have played this role. Mickey Rourke looking the way he looks, like, nobody else looks more like a battered old professional wrestler, <laughs> including all these battered old professional <laughs> wrestlers. Um, so lately, Hogan has been in the news for decidedly less glamorous reasons. Uh, in 2012, Gawker Media released a sex tape featuring Hogan in which he went on a long, expletive-filled rant against black people. Uh, Wait, during the sex tape? It was after the sex, and then oh, he's sitting I... around drunk and talking. Uh... Oh, man, that is the one-two <laughs> yeah. punch. Yeah, man, it's bad. <laughs> So this led uh, the WWE to promptly cut all ties with Hogan, uh, which kind of good on them. I'm glad that they took swift action on that if, if yeah. it didn't stick around. But uh, for a while, <laughs> his name and career had been scrubbed from the website entirely. Like they, they dropped him out of the Hall of Fame, which is a pretty big deal considering he was like the biggest name. Mm-hmm. Um, Hogan sued Gawker uh, for releasing the tape. He sought $100 million in damages and he won $115 million uh, and killed Gawker. Um which, I mean, it's an interesting perspective in the sense that, as you know, Gawker is releasing, claiming to be a news organization and releasing... This was the premise of his argument, right? Right. Is that this had no newsworthy value at all. It's... And- really hard there are no heroes in this case yeah, this a is a gross it, yeah. this is a yeah. gross case anyway because it's it's been complicated also by the fact that uh peter Thiel, who's a billionaire investor and one of the founders of facebook he got involved with it uh and funded the lawsuit because he didn't like gawker right so because it's gawker a tricky was report on stuff that he did and his billionaire exactly. friends did yeah so it's a tricky kind of first amendment case you know because it's like here we have somebody of immense power and influence who is using his money to help sway of an important blow against a media outlet. Though admittedly, like even people who are, you know, celebrities have a right to privacy. And yeah. To mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. have their shitty behavior that they do in their own home broadcast to the r- world. It's, it's really true. and it, it, But it's everything Hogan did is gross and indefensible. But it's also like... It shouldn't have gotten out there. I don't know. I don't really know where I land on it. It's yeah. interesting. I think it'll be interesting to look on as a precedent. Um, but yeah, so Gawker is uh, essentially dead. They're they're appealing the case, of course, but it's probably not going to go their way. As for Hogan, uh, he made several full-throated apologies to public, the people in WWE, to hopefully the people he was insulting in this video. Uh, and he's been reinstated to the WWE Hall of Fame. And just last week, it was announced that Chris Hemsworth has signed on to play Hogan in a new biopic directed by Todd, Todd Phillips of The Hangover. Yeah. I don't know what to make of that. Uh, I mean, it doesn't sound like a movie I want to watch. It sounds like a terrible movie I'm going to watch ten times. <laughs> um, is it going to be like a serious, like kind of like documentary feel? Or is it going to be like comedy? What I'm I really could... curious. I mean, he's a comedy director, but he's not... I think he's kind of moving away from comedies because he's directing that Joker movie uh, that's coming out later this year with Joaquin Phoenix, which might also be terrible. I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, I think we can all agree Joaquin Phoenix, great casting Ooh. for the Joker. Like, fucking Joaquin great. Phoenix, great casting for anything. Anything. Yeah, anything. Um, he he could have done the Mickey Rourke role. Actually, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. He, I could see him, like, bulking up for yeah. that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the games, actually. Yeah, how, wait, hold on. Steve. Yeah. How long have we been talking? How long is this podcast? 41 been? minutes, okay, yeah. Wow. Before we okay. even talk about the games, even <laughs> once. I knew this would happen. I knew this would happen. So <laughs> Again, re- the world like, of wrestling, far more interesting to come think it's about true. and talk about than actually is to play, which you will see as we start talking about these games. I mean, I guess technically we started talking about the games like t- 
15 minutes <laughs> yeah, ago, right, but we went on a side train. Whatever. Uh, so wrestling game fans, like I said, they tend to prefer the Asmic and Aki uh, wrestling games of the time. And a lot of that has to do with the grappling system that's introduced in this game. So basically all of your moves now have to start with holds, which you can initiate by either tapping or holding the A button, and that's going to determine if it's a stronghold or uh, a weak hold. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's that's something that takes me a long time to wrap my head around, mm. is that you only have one basic attack button in this game. You just have the B button to, like, punch. Mm. And if you hold it, you'll do a different kind of attack. You might do a drop kick or something. Mm -hmm. And then the A button grabs, and if you hold it, you'll do a different kind of grab. And that's just a very hard thing to wrap my head around. I kept wanting to press all the C buttons to do different kinds of attacks, and they weren't doing anything, and so I just kind of was quick punching all over and over (laughs) again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I just, I didn't really know what to make of it. I can understand, uh, having played the other game that didn't have this system, I think I do prefer having this grappling system. Uh, You brought up the point that it's very weird when you haven't played very many wrestling games to not just think of them as fighting games. Yeah. Yeah. Try to do all the same things and like pound buttons in a certain combination to Mm -hmm. do like a quick combo attack or something. And you don't, you don't get to just like jam on a button until their health meter goes away and then you win the match. You have to jam on the button multiple times until their health meter goes down several times until they're stunned enough that you can pin them. Yeah. That's the, like the mechanic. And the pinning is not made obvious. Yeah, that, that. that was a stretch. It's like. a very <laughs> annoying aspect of Warzone and I, or a world tour. Well, and this is something I remember being a problem from uh, Def Jam also. Like when I remember, when I yeah. first started playing that, I had to learn how to do it. It's not always very well explained. Yeah, there's only, in Def Jam, there's only a few moves that can KO your opponent and if you don't do those moves, they'll just keep, their health will keep restoring and those mm-hmm. matches can go on forever. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's weird the way these games seems so simple in the sense that you only have a couple buttons that do things, yet yeah. I still manage to be so confused by their mechanics. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like, it, with the NFL games, they are very complicated, but, like, they're clearly complicated, right, and there's, right. like, a bunch of junk going on. Whereas here, I'm like, why am I doing this move now? Why is my character drop kicking? How do I do these different kinds of grabs yeah. and yeah. throws? And maybe, you know, that's a symptom of us just kind of jumping right into it as opposed to sort of working our way through a training mode or something. Though right. this game didn't have a training mode. No. But I guess working your way through, you know, very low-skill computers or something. Yeah. Well, and even with my experience in playing them, I still get confused about them. Like, you, during the game when you, you know, you get enough, like, hits in it and, like, enough, um, like, grapples, you're your stamina or whatever your spirit meter will yeah. be into like your special and even that like i i don't i have no, no idea, idea how, how to do, do a special yeah so what what makes a good wrestling game versus a bad wrestling game well being as the only good wrestling game i've played is def jam fight for new york uh-huh. i think that the thing that makes that a good wrestling game is that it feels like a fighting game okay um because it runs faster mm-hmm. um things have a much more logical counter to them mm-hmm. and there's a much clearer block button generally yeah. the feeling that i get from these games is everything seems like it's on a pretty significant delay like it just doesn't feel fast you'll yeah. press attack and your guy will sort of wind up and whack yeah and there's no real sense yeah so i think what makes a good wrestling game is it sort of being fast and there being a sense of impact to what you're doing these games also don't really have that you just kind of go whack, whack not consistently whack. no and, yeah no. sometimes hit, hit detection's a little off every once in a while you'll land a move and you're like oh yeah that was that, yeah. every once in a while it's <laughs> yeah. like really satisfying but but the hit detection's a little spotty 
And uh, and I think that's feels... a lot to do just with these being old and the presentation. Just I mean, because you know, wrestling is a hundred percent presentation. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah, that's what it's all about. It's not like you don't have the strategy of football or something of the choosing of the plays. Or yeah. it doesn't have really deep gameplay, so you just want it to be sort of visceral and exciting. Sure, and that's really tough to pull off on the N sixty four. These yeah. these games, all three of them look okay. Yeah, um, the animation's good. The The character models are of yeah, their time. This but one, yeah. World Tour, definitely, I think, looks the worst. Yeah, um, but out it's of the all earliest. Of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All of the wrestlers kind of blend in with one another. With They just have big sort of flabby bods and yeah. not a lot of distinct style. Um, but the animations in it are pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's no commentary in this one. No. Which makes... Which is really sorely missed. As, as annoying as commentary can be in these kind of games, it helps without having it. Yeah. You just it you just feel feels, isolated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think this is a this is a port, like I said, of a, of a Japanese game, and that's just been kind of reskinned for American audiences. But it's also still heavily influenced by that Japanese style. So, really, only half the wrestlers. You, you have forty two wrestlers here, and only half there was of them forty two wrestlers. Yeah, you can, yeah, oh, wow. forty two total. And uh, only half of them are from the WCW or the NWO. The rest are all either from Japanese leagues or they're made up. I guess that's what um, makes it the world tour, right? Uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah, that could be it. But you also don't get any real arenas in this one. It's all just kind of the same generic gray arenas. Yeah. And um, modes are fairly robust, I suppose. Yeah, for I mean, early, wrestling like, games consistently deliver on the modes. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, this one we have an uh, exhibition, which includes one-on-one, two-on-two tag teams, two-on-one handicap, and four-player battle royale. It has the story mode, which is like, it's called League Challenge. There's League, which is a round-robin style tournament for eight players. Tournament, which is a tournament for 16 players. And then you have a WCW versus NWO mode, which is a five-on-five elimination match using only those licensed characters. And I will, another thing that all of these games lacked, um, which we were asking about good wrestling games, I think another thing that's important in wrestling game is you really want to emphasize the characters and find a way to integrate some kind of story mode where you yeah. like pick a character and it sort of follows. Maybe they have some kind of unique story mm-hmm. and you actually get to know these different wrestlers that you're fighting and to set up some kind of drama with that. And so even though this game has all those, all these modes that you just named, mm. none of them have that sort of aspect. None of them, they're just different ways to fight different quantities of players. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Or do a tournament or something like that. So it's all basically the same game. There's no... Yeah, I think what what this all these games really needed is some kind of story mode. And at the same time, these are the first kind of tentative, like, toes in the water for 3D wrestling games. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, you know, this is pretty early in 3D gaming. So they're, they're figuring out some mechanics. I think modern, like, WWE games have, like, a full career story mode. That yeah. is like you describe. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, yeah I don't know. I, I just... I think we're going to see a theme throughout all of these in that I'm having a hard time forming an opinion on any of these because to a degree, I do still feel like I'm on the outside looking in. Like The mechanics that appeal to fans of wrestling games are kind of lost on me. Like I don't really appreciate the subtleties. Um, 
The so subtleties I, of professional wrestling. Weirdly, <laughs> it's a weird word to use. It's a nice, dainty touch. Say the same thing with, like, I was thinking how ironic it is that uh, these games are shooting for realism as much as possible when, like, realism yeah. is kind of the antithesis of yeah. what wrestling stands for. Well, and there was a realism mode on, on Yeah, one, one of, of the games. options, you can turn realism on or off. And we oh, had yeah, it off, that's right. right. We never turned it on. We had it off right from the start. That's such, like, an existential and, concept. Yeah. It's like, do we want to turn off the real? And it just, it never got as unrealistic as i wanted it to be no <laughs> like their heads turn into balloon ducks and just fly away yeah and ripping off arms things Absolutely. like that i guess i just want to play a wrestling game it's just mortal Kombat. yeah, yeah. It's, it's... Uh, i can see that i can see that let's move on to our next one here uh wwf Warzone. this one was released august 11th 1998 developed by iguana west and published by acclaim sports this was also released on game boy and on playstation this is the first 3d game with a wwf license uh, only one cover athlete this time around, and that's Steve Williams, better known as Stone, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, Austin used to wrestle with the WCW in the early 90s as stunning Steve Austin. Uh, he had, like, blonde hair and everything, too. It looked mm-hmm. weird. Uh, but uh, he found much greater success when he reinvented himself as the beer-swilling good old boy Steve yeah. Austin for the WWE. Uh, he's basically the face of the Attitude Era of wrestling, which is what yeah. we're kind of getting into uh, Austin's currently the host of two highly successful podcasts. Uh, he's been in a number of movies, and uh, he has a number of domestic violence charges leveled against oh. him for beating his wives and girlfriends. So fuck that Stone guy. Is that, is that what his podcast is about? I have to imagine. <laughs> like, ugh, ugh, what a gross man. Anyway, uh, this game came out right at the height of the Attitude Era. Like I said, um, I will say this. Yeah, for what for as weird as it, it's it's got to be weird to be a professional wrestler and have your whole career based around being angry yeah. and and yelling at people and not find yourself in situations where yeah. you bring it doma- home. Yeah, yeah. There's no way to help it. Um, it's where like that kind of stuff is gonna like because how else you're so used to channeling your anger in yeah. this kind yeah. of way yeah. and then if something in your life doesn't go the way you want. How are you going to handle it? It's yeah. scary. I mean, yeah. a, a very uh, personal side tangent, but uh, the town I grew up in in Colorado is uh, – we're like the prison capital of the state. Mm-hmm. Like we have more prisons in our county and in our town than any other place in the state. So prison is, of course, is the industry. Like half the town is employed by the prisons. Yeah. We have lots of people who are prison guards. And as a result, uh, our city has the highest mm-hmm. rates of domestic violence, of child abuse, of uh, uh, opioid addiction, of meth production. Like we have so much crime and so many like shitty home lives in our town because of the prison because industry. Because the guards, because you see this ugly in these shit. horrible environments. You, you see prison. it every day, and then you come home and you have to try and you can't really compartmentalize that shit. Mm-hmm. And even when it's performative like this, like your job is still based around being a violent human being taking head injuries. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, of course. Yeah, I'd... call back to Blitz, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. a little bit. I it, mean. You know, this stuff this is staged, was... but it's, it's not easy on the body. Yeah. One of the one of the people I ran into uh, when I was researching uh, CTE for the Blitz episode was uh, Chris Benoit, who uh, uh professional wrestler. He's in some of these games, and he uh, famously – Murdered his wife and young son, and then killed yeah, himself. That's right. uh, that was him. See, for right. a long time, yeah. I thought that was John Cena, and then I saw no, a preview yeah. of a movie with John Cena, and I was like, "Wait a second, did I did <laughs> I miss something here?" <laughs> no, <laughs> I I always confused it with Chris Jericho, who's the other, yeah, but oh, okay. it's Chris Benoit. Yeah. Chris Benoit, Chris Benoit. yeah, and it's uh, a horrible. Th- I mean, there's a chapter on Benoit in Shoemaker's book, and he he couldn't move his neck. Because his uh, spinal column was fused from all the head drops that he'd done. Ugh. He had so much damage to his head and to his body, he he, he lost his mind. And uh, it's tragic and horrible. So like I said, this game came out at the height of the Attitude Era. And this was 
This was the league's way to kind of gain an advantage during the Monday Night Ratings Wars. Basically, Attitude Era Wrestling is more base, more violent, more edgy, more adult-oriented. Uh, characters in Story Alliance were more shocking and much less PC, so it was kind of a callback to the mm. old racial stereotypes of the early days of, uh, mm. of wrestling. Uh, logistically, this era also saw the resurgence of tag team wrestling, the return of WWF Women's Championship, which ushered in a whole new wave of female superstars like Trish Stratus, China, Lita, Molly Holly. Uh, this was the era that saw wrestlers like Mick Foley, Triple H, Kane, Austin, and The Rock become household names. Um, this was also an era when Vince McMahon would step into the ring himself as the evil boss character, Mr. Mm -hmm. McMahon. Uh, which he kind of adopted as a response to fan outrage over the infamous Montreal Screwjob of 1990. Have you guys heard of this? No. This was a big deal for a lot of wrestling fans. Montreal Screwjob uh, involved, basically the WWF screwed over Bret Hitman Hart. Uh, he was supposed to come in and he was he was retiring. He was leaving the WWF. He wanted to do one last show in uh, Canada where he's from. And his one stipulation was that he was going to fight Shawn Michaels in, in Montreal and he couldn't lose that match. Because A, he was in his home country, and B, mm -hmm. he and Ry Michaels hate each other in real life. <laughs> so he did not want his last match with the WWF to be a losing match to his hated enemy. Right. Everybody agreed to it, but then at the last minute, they rewrote the script, and they had the referee call the match early. And so Michaels lost the match, which means he went to the media, and he broke kayfabe, he broke character, and he started talking shit about Vince McMahon and about all these different people. So to kind of ad adapt to that outrage or heat as we will uh mcmahon became well, we a character jargon because we're all experts now <laughs> oh yes yes absolutely yeah mcmahon became a character and he he goes in the ring and he wrestles and it's a weird thing um this was also the era where we had an increasingly ornate showmanship and uh that led to tragedy sometimes as we talked about benoit but also uh at a pay-per-view event in may of 1999 wrestler well, I owen hart i have a question for yeah. you steve what are we going to talk about on our next two wrestling podcasts? Oh, there's still so much. Okay, Don't okay, worry, don't okay, worry, yeah. don't worry. There's still so much. <laughs> so uh, at a pay-per-view event in May 1999, wrestler Owen Hart died in the ring after a Whoa. botched entrance. Uh, he was to be lowered from the ring from the rafters, but his harness broke. He fell 80 feet, landed on the ropes, and uh, died on impact. Uh, I believe the, he's, he's in this game. He's, he's in, in this game. He's, he's in, in this game. Yeah. yeah, he'd be dead wow. in a year. Uh if the feed uh, didn't have a three-second delay on it, an entire pay-per-view audience would have witnessed this man die on national TV. And uh, in a move that many fans still criticize, the WWF opted to keep the show going after he fell oh. and died. Which Wait, what seems did, they, like did they just cut the feed? for? They cut the feed, uh, and then they uh, they just kind of filmed other stuff while paramedics were tending to him. But he, he died there. He died in the wow. ring. So, so he died the, in the fall. For the people who were there watching, like, were... Right. Were they trying to like keep like the show going where it's like, oh, he's like, I'm he's curious. dead now. Be a real downer. I'm, I'm one, yeah, I, I have to imagine the crowd didn't know he was yeah, dead. No, I, I'm sure they did. But didn't. this is a really shitty thing to make the wrestlers do because they just saw their friend die. This is uh, Owen Hart is Bret Hart's brother. Right. You know, he yeah. saw his brother die, uh, like, and they have to keep going and pretending, you know. So that it's that's kind of fucked up to me. I don't know. I think they. Should. I mean, I don't know. Like, what do you do? Like, if you stop the show, like, do you give everyone who everyone gets their like, money back and all the paper? Like, not that this is a good reason, but right? Like, there's certainly like plenty of weird logistics on that whole thing too. It's true. You know, I I don't know how it works. I don't know what better way there is to go about it, but. It sucks. It was all, that's a bad we way to go. now cut to these footage of cute animals dancing. <laughs> I'm going to keep going 
15, 20 minutes on this. <laughs> going the longest podcast ever with that 10 minute break at the beginning and then Steve making cute animal noise. Just loop this over. Um, we're going for a three hour podcast here. That was, uh, Which that I've was heard 15, 20 minutes. Much, much shorter than uh, most um, pay per view broadcasts now. Like if you watch yeah, like oh, WrestleMania now and mm-hmm. buy it, it's like a seven hour show. Well, you're paying like 80 to yeah. 100 yeah. bucks. Yes. I mean, so you, you better you, get your, yeah, you get your, your money's, money's worth. worth on that. All right, so uh, Warzone we're talking about. <laughs> yes. WWE Warzone. Sorry, I have so many tangents, but like I said, wrestling's fascinating and these games are not. <laughs> um, so there are 15 wrestlers available off the top, plus an additional seven unlockable, although you need a Game Shark if you want to unlock the best character, to rock the Dinosaur Hunter, Ooh. who's in this game with the Game Shark. What? It's the weird Dinosaur that, Hunter. It's weird that they put him as uh, you needing a Game Shark. Yeah, it's, right? I mean, I like feel like... Acclaim would want to hype that up. Did Acclaim own GameShark? I don't think they did. No. No, that was a different thing. I think GameShark is its own company. Yeah, I think so. Uh, anyway. Uh, modes here include career, one-on-one, tag team, tornado tag, which we never figured out what made it tornado. No, it had a big picture of the tornado in the on but, like the I, picture I, but no I wanted to get happened. hit by a tornado yeah I just think it was like all the chaos between the two two teams going at it at the same time now, did we so it's do... a tornado of emotion yes yeah. did yeah, we exactly. do the tornado mode or the yeah. career mode we didn't do career mm-hmm. mode in this no. no I did a little bit I did a little bit and it yeah, did it, it is... didn't have a story with it really no not really okay. it's just you're, it's it's more like Mortal Kombat style you work your way up a pyramid of, of fighters, fighters you know, yeah and, uh, yeah um, there's also a cage match, a weapons match, war, Royal Rumble, and Gauntlet. And the last two I mentioned there are N64 exclusives. Uh, again, yeah, this one, it, this, the system's different. This one feels faster and more like a fighting game mm-hmm. than um, a World Tour did. But you still have the holds and the pins and things like that that you need to do to finish Yeah, characters the match. have yeah. sort of a health meter and you, you pummel them and do grabs and stuff. And then the health meter will go down and they'll get stunned once mm-hmm. you get it to zero. Um, and then you can try to pin them when they're stunned, or you can keep pummeling on them. And then if they get back up, their health meter will refill, but it'll be like a slightly lighter color. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, you just keep working that down until they finally get stunned long enough that you can pin them. Yeah. So, and that's another thing that's annoying to me about wrestling games is this the stunning is so much of like a core mechanic. Like, the worst thing about Street Fighter 2 is when you would get hit enough and the little stars would go oh, around your yeah. head. I hate oh, that. I, I, hate that. <laughs> I think that's a mechanic that's generally gone away in fighting games because it's terrible. Yeah. Um, right. And But, like, with wrestling, that's, like, core it's the, to that's, the game. That's is, the gimmick, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so there's a lot of times you'll just be pounding... The other person will just be pounding on you, and then you'll be laying there for 10 seconds being like, get up, yeah. get up, and you're. it's just it's not mm-hmm. fun. No. Yeah. Well, and with this one, um, what I did see a difference between uh, the last one was, like, I felt like it was a lot smoother with the um, the whole just attacking mm-hmm. um, aspect to it. And um, the graphics seemed like it was a little smoother. Like, um, the wrestlers actually looked like they're yeah. wrestlers. They did, they did a good job. Um, the characters, I don't think, are quite as big as yeah. they were in the other two games we played. They were, yeah. Um, they, were, they were smaller and they had smoother edges. Yeah, yeah. and they, yeah. Were more, they were more detailed, um, yeah. which I think goes a long way when you're, it's such a personality. It does. Thing. And we get commentary uh, by uh, Vince McMahon and Jim Ross. Uh, and the commentary do, sounds very good. It sounds really good. I don't know how much stuff they say. but It's a good audio quality. And they were commenting on each of the wrestlers in our ring. Like They, they had like a little, like, oh, there's The Undertaker. Is one of the best in the business, and yeah, so. like the first five minutes, you're just like standing there. They also they, they also them. had yeah a, play, a player four because there's a create a wrestler mode in there. Oh yes, um, create a wrestler was fun. Oh, I liked create a wrestler. You, you made this giant giant man with mm-hmm. very little with very small feet, and very weirdly, this game has the option to 
select your gender, but, but it's only, only male, male is yeah. there. And what I don't understand that? why it's an option. Because, yeah, there's no female wrestlers in this game. No. Yeah. And so I don't know why. Yeah, you can click on gender, and it'll say what gender do you want to select, and then your only option is male. Do you think it's just like a like a fake out to it's, own the libs or something? Like, like I don't like, know. Oh, 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 oh. Take that, SJWs. <laughs> Wrestling's a man sport. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So, uh, so I did enjoy the creative player mode. I, I was uh, talking to people on Facebook earlier today about like what they look for in a wrestling game, and somebody said a robust character creation mode. Yeah, really this game can go had, a long had way. a pretty yeah. robust character creation. It did. You can make did. really weird looking guys and definitely uh, um, accentuate their ankles or their nose or any part of the body. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, with this one, I I did not feel like I was as in control of my actions uh, uh, no. as I was in World Tour, and and I didn't feel like I was very in control in World Tour either. But I <laughs> so you felt even less. I this one it. it I didn't feel a lot of causality between, or a lot of connection between what the buttons I was pressing and the actions that were happening on screen. Um, I don't know. It, it felt like it, it didn't need me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I felt like I could have stepped away and done That's about it. That's generally how I feel about wrestling games in general, is so much stuff is so slow when it happens. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll reach out to grab someone, and then you'll press B, and it'll mm-hmm. take about five seconds for your character to actually flip the other guy over and actually do the sort of headlock, and you're like, well, I'm going to go get some lifesavers while yeah. this is happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's... Yeah, I don't know. This, uh, again, I'm having a hard time figuring out if I like this more or less than the other one. I, I think that the difference maker here, just in our talk right now, I've swapped around my order a little bit um, <laughs> because this one had, I forgot about the creative player uh, hmm. mode. Mm-hmm. And both of these games, they just kind of had the same strengths and weaknesses that wrestling games usually have. And so I guess I liked the way that this one had more modes. Hmm. And because it's a WWF branded game, it has more recognizable wrestlers. Like I didn't know, I think I knew about two of the wrestlers from the WCW games. Yeah. And like I knew like eight Most of them of these, in, yeah. in, the, yeah. in this one. Yeah. Um, for whatever that's worth to you. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, it must be worth something if you want to play the wrestling game in the first place. You must care about, actually, wrestlers that you know. I guess the question I'm thinking of is, like, well, I mean, we can get to it more when we talk about the last game. But, like, of these three, I have, I don't know which one, if I were just, like, a casual fan, I don't know which one I would introduce as, like, here, play this. This is this is endemic of wrestling games. Okay, like, this is, yeah. This yeah. is the one, if you know nothing about wrestling, this is the one you're going to have most fun with. This well, one might be the best, most cohesive for button mashers. Yeah. I think Warzone might be a little better for button mashers mm-hmm. than yeah, strategic I, players. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, well, I mean, really, you shouldn't be playing games on Nintendo 64. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a weird person who's <laughs> should like, Should we I stop this into... show? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is, cool <laughs> this is really here. the takeaway, is yeah. the games you should be playing are on newer systems. Yeah, <laughs> yeah in general, but... Uh, all right, let's move on to our last game here. Yeah. Uh, WCW NWO Revenge, released October 26, 1998. Uh, also, same team as World Tour, also an N64 exclusive. Yeah, so the thing to make clear about this mm. one is this is just the direct sequel. It's a direct sequel. To, we, we did a weird thing in these three games because we played World Tour and mm. then a different game by a different yeah. company. And then, <laughs> and then the, the direct sequel to World Tour. Yeah, which yeah. Is so it, it's a weird order, but uh, this is actually the best selling uh, wrestling game on the N64. It's number 26 on the list of the best selling games on the system just shy of 2 million units what's above did you write what's above and below it on no the okay no okay. i didn't yeah I'm but just curious uh, I'm, where that stands yeah i'm not sure exactly it's um, between glover and banjo tooie yes <laughs> everyone's two favorites 
Um, so there are four athletes on the cover this time. I'm going to go quick with it. Uh, Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, Scott Levy, and Bill Goldberg. We talked about Hogan. Scott Levy, uh, at the time known as Raven, uh, isn't very well known today, but he's actually, according to the website, uh, it's the, he's the most decorated wrestler in the history of WWE. He has more, he's more than 36 titles to his name. He's largely retired. Uh, apparently he's been struggling with some mental health issues and he's been locked in a, uh, lawsuit with WWE because of, uh, lapsed health benefits. So they're not helping him take care of those mental health issues. Uh, Bill Goldberg, as stated before, had one of the longest undefeated streaks of any wrestler. He still holds several records. I always confused him with Steve Austin. Every time. They, they're identical-looking men. Yeah, both they're big both and bald. Hulking bald men with normal names. <laughs> like, this is, yeah. Uh, there's no real evidence uh, that I've seen that Goldberg has a past as a domestic abuser or anything. Apparently, he's I like pretty... the way that that's just assumed. That's so you assumed. have to, like, clarify that... that <laughs> what one... I'm saying is he's never been charged with anything. So he, I'll give him the edge. Apparently, he's a pretty nice guy in real life. And uh, finally, Kevin Nash. Uh, he's gone by several names in the ring, including Oz, Diesel, Chet Lemon, Master Blaster Steel. Master Blaster. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, where he had, uh, that's where his pet frog fell yeah. down the well. Uh, he yeah. had to go rescue him in his little tank. He's uh, still best known as a member of the Outsiders uh, with Scott Hall. He's a co-founder of NWO. For me personally, I mostly know him as a guy uh, that people mistake for my dad. Uh, growing up, really? my dad looks a lot like Kevin Nash. He's a very large man, a very muscular large man. I'm adopted, I should clarify. <laughs> people can't Steven's see me. Steven's not a muscular large man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, people can't see me, but I'm getting some incredulous looks. I am adopted. Um, so, yeah, uh, he, he – like I've been – in restaurants with my dad and people have come up to him and asked for autographs. Like he Whoa. looks similar enough to Kevin Nash. And that's how – like, Did he give the autograph? Yeah. No, no. He, oh, okay. he was just like, who is that? He, my dad had no idea oh. who that was until uh, enough people said it uh, that he – so He should have just autographed it with his name. He should have. Like, that would have like, been great. What, 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 who is this? Yeah. Selling it on eBay later. It's like, who the fuck is Steve? Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> um, I, this this also made it very, very awkward for me when I saw the movie Magic Mike because Kevin Nash turns up in that movie as a male <laughs> stripper. I'm right like, on. no, Dad, you don't need the money that bad. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was awkward. And especially his uh, Kevin Nash's nickname is Big Sexy, too. So uh, there was a brief period where my mom was calling him that. It was real uncomfortable. Anyway, um, but as, as far like I've been been watching some interviews with nash on youtube and everything he's an interesting guy he's kind of like a big dumb alpha jock like in a lot of his language and stuff like that but he's been a very outspoken like progressive in the wwe scene he's been very uh active trying to advocate for lgbt wrestlers uh he's been very outspoken against getting treatment for uh, uh concussion treat like con- concussions and cte and stuff like that so interesting guy like you hear him talk and he's kind of a douchebag but <laughs> he he advocates for a lot of worthy causes um so we're starting to see some splits and factions kind of emerging between uh, the teams here. Like NWO in this game is split into red and white teams. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find the story reason for that. Huh. Um, and Raven oversees his own little faction of fighters called The Flock, which he brought with him from his early days with the ECW, which we'll talk about in a later episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as the title suggests, this one is a direct sequel to World Tour. And as such, it kind of builds up off the stuff that worked in the first time around. The grappling system is back. But we have, uh, I would say, better graphics this Definitely. time around. Definitely yeah. better graphics. Yeah. This is probably the best looking of the three games. I would say I so. Think. Yeah. Uh, the characters are big, and this game, they actually sort of stand out from one another. As yeah, definitely. World Absolutely. War. And they, they restored a bunch of features that like they wanted to have in the first game, but they just didn't have the budget or the, the grasp on the 
software for yet. So, like, uh, you can modify your outfit now. Uh, some of the showmanship has been reintroduced. So, like, you have entrance animations yeah. and music. Um, the characters are more recognizably the characters. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, so there's this mechanic in these games where you use the analog stick to make the wrestlers taunt their opponents or, like, build up the crowd. Like, usually it's just uh, some kind of motion or, or hand gesture or something like that. And the first time, in the first game, it was kind of all the same thing. It was, like, somebody, like... Trying to make the crowd lifting their hands, up, lifting up their hands. Yeah, raising yeah, yeah, yeah. The room. waving, yeah, waving, waving <laughs> do something like that. Here we actually see them do moves that you would see the wrestlers do. Like Hulk yeah. Hogan's got his like, I, I don't even know how to describe. It's he's like, like listen to me, I can't thing. Hear you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's doing that to the crowd to get pumped up, and it can build up your spirit meter, which is kind of your health it's bar. It's basically sort of. your health. Yeah, yeah, I mean these games don't have any health. It's just yeah. stamina. Yeah, and as your character gets injured <laughs> in this, they'll sort of be walking around. clutching their um, side or something like that to Mm -hmm. show that their health is down. Um, Um, This game also has way more wrestlers than the first game it seemed like. And they're all licensed ones this time around, I think. They're not... uh, We don't have any of the... I think... Well, they're all licensed WCW, NWO. Like, we don't have the Japanese leagues anymore, but they're Mm -hmm. all real wrestlers now. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Real, again. There's no Powder Keg or the Ninja. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Powder Keg. Uh, You were kicking ass as a Powder Keg. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you you were doing really well. He was was pretty good. Yeah. Um, So this game messes with the formula in some negative ways, too. So some wrestlers have different commands. So, like, popular characters have more moves at their disposal than the less popular So, like, Bill Goldberg has more moves than one of the others, you know, that I can't think of. But I feel like that's okay. I mean, it's probably it's kind of not okay, good from, like, a of... balance standpoint. Right. But, like, mostly that's who people are going to be playing as anyway. Yeah. So. I mean, I suppose that's true. But and it's also a good way to fleece, like, new players. It's like, oh, here, you be uh, Canyon, and I'm going to be Goldberg. Or Conan or something, whatever his name is. And there might be one named Shogun. Cannon. Or you can handicap yeah. yourself like that. Yeah. Let, let the new player be the good character yeah yeah but i don't know i don't think any of us in this room are nice enough to do that to anybody you know if I, it's true we're out for blood all times um we're, we're, we're keeping a running tally of games that i win and games that steve win and at the end of the podcast one I think, of us has to be the other slave for a year i think i'm gonna be a slave at this point yeah i don't think i've won any anything maybe i think i won a f- no i won a few batches of dr mario against yeah, you definitely that's, you that's definitely about done. it and El- you i think you were better at elmo's number journey oh that's true yeah. that's true but i was just more invested in the yeah, story and the characters you know you just yeah you're like oh well i've, I've got i've played this game so many times yeah, i just don't exactly. even care anymore <laughs> um so yeah some some fans didn't like that but generally this one's very well regarded among like wrestling fans like they think this is one of the better and obviously it's the best selling one on the system so it it struck a it struck a chord i mean yeah the entire wcw and nwo roster makes it in this game the only character from the previous game not to make it in here uh besides the fake ones is rick flair who had uh, temporarily been fired from the league uh, for not showing up to matches. Uh, he, that would be a reason. That's yeah. a good reason. They, they brought him back within a year. There's a really interesting 30 for 30 ESPN documentary about Ric Flair that people should check out also. Um, yeah, this game looks great. Uh, it really does. Nice, detailed backgrounds, uh, good uh, character animations. And mm-hmm. they said something like, uh, I read online, something like 700 animations for each character, like... Pretty I like good. to imagine the, the guy intense. sitting there, like, okay, one. Just, he's got he's clicker. Grab, he's like, got clicker, like in a movie theater. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, 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 he moved his elbow. He moved his elbow. Um, yeah, looks great. Uh, we there, it has a little commentary in it, I think. Yeah, it had some commentary. It didn't um, stand out quite as much as Warzone. I mean, yeah, I think of the three, this is probably the best we played. Yeah. That'd be my yeah. inclination. Yeah. I think they are steadily. They they steadily got better. Each one got just like a little bit better. Yeah. 
Um, and this one is building off all the stuff that I liked about the first one, but it's adding a little more showmanship mm-hmm. and a little more goofiness, uh, which is welcome. I still can't say I love it. No. Still can't say. <laughs> yeah, oh. I mean, it, the fundamental things. This game, these games are just—they're not very fun to play. I don't—I don't know. Like, it's—I never feel like I get a handle on the move that my character is doing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and even when things sort of feel like they're going well, everything just feels very sluggish and not all that satisfying. I would uh. kind of be interested to play like a new wrestling game, like the wrestling game that came out this year. Yeah. Yeah. I'd kind of be interested to play that and see like, if all things right, have where have we more gone? Intuitive, yeah. If they're smoother. Yeah. Well, yeah. And even with those, like, yeah, they are, they're smoother, but they're kind of the same mechanic. Um, even though with like the, uh, the whole counter and the, um, it makes a, makes things a lot more obvious. Yeah. Like it'll, you know, say like I think, counter above like the person. Yes. Side. I think that's actually, you just hit the nail on the head with these games is, they just don't do a good enough job explaining the mechanics of the game. Yeah. Yeah. So when your only moves are grapple and attack, all you just do is kind of hammer on them, and sometimes you'll counter and reverse your mm-hmm. opponent's thing, but it's never clear. Whereas if I sort of knew the mechanic of when to time a reversal or what combination of buttons to press to do something special, I would feel like I had more invested in this game mechanically. I just... This game, these games all didn't do a good job of explaining the mechanics, mm-hmm. so it was really hard for me to care about them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of where I land on to. I, I really went into this episode uh, wanting to become a believer. I really <laughs> wanted to come out of this like, oh shit, I get it. I love these wrestling games now. I'm not there yet. Don't no. become a wrestling yet. fan, Steve. It doesn't do anyone any good. <laughs> oh, come on. Go I'm a football cool. fan first. Oh, no, <laughs> fuck that. No, come on. I want to be a weirdo. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I, I want to like it. I, I still like reading and researching about all this stuff, but uh, the games themselves just feel very anticlimactic to me. They feel very slow, very sluggish, and they're kind of all the same. Yeah, well, so on that note, where are you going to put them on your list? Yeah, let's, let's... move on to our rankings. We're finally made it to the <laughs> rankings. <laughs> Two hours in. Woo! Uh, so each week we rank all the games that we We're going to have played. to make pay-per-view of this episode. We should do that and get a paywall <laughs> just for the wrestling episode. Yeah, hundred dollars yeah. to download all the 64 reviews. <laughs> Wrestling games. Uh, so uh, as for me, I think I'm going to put these, I think they're all going to be directly beneath Glover. So uh, number 74, 75, and 76. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to go um, Revenge is the best one, followed by Warzone, and then World Tour is the last. And not be, like I liked the mechanics, but uh, it just it was too a little too rudimentary. Like I think I'm lumping them with Glover because, like Glover, these are games that I think do everything they're trying to do well. I just don't particularly enjoy what they're doing. Like they're, it's. I believe that if you really like these games, these are good games for you. Like if you're into this mm-hmm. genre, if you really understand it, if you really get it, these are probably good classic games for you to play. For me, I just don't get it. There's yep. a big uh, and I, I I I will put that on me. Like I understand this is my failing that I don't get this. But I don't get it. I, I got to be honest. Other people's failings that they do get it. Um, yeah, I'm very similar. Um, I'm the same. I'm going to put mine at 84, 85, and 86. So okay. Just 10 below you, which is right under Monopoly. Oh. Um, in terms of like four player party games, I would rather mm. play Monopoly because at I get least that. I understand how that works. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm putting, I'll go the same order Revenge, Warzone, World Tour. Um, I do think that Revenge and World Tour have slightly more in-depth mechanics that you could really explore more. Oh, for sure. Um, But Warzone has more recognizable wrestlers as well as that goofy create-a-player mode. And just, 
I think Warzone, if, if your plan to get a wrestling game is to fiddle around with some friends and try out all the goofy mm-hmm. modes and play it for 10 minutes, Warzone might be the better game. It might be but, the most fun of the three but, of these. But uh, yeah. I think Revenge yeah. is probably the most polished game. Sure, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Blake, um, do you have any, uh, where, 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 does your ranking fall the same for these, yeah. or you? And, yeah. of course, first time guest, Blake Getch, uh, you only have three games on here. Yeah, first so, time. So, oof, all right. These so, are all the uh, best and worst games in the system oh, for you. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to go with the same as you guys were, uh, Revenge takes the cake on this one, and then goes Warzone World Tour. Mm. Um, I did, like, playing World Tour a little bit more than Warzone, but I think what one, um, what was war warzone was best for me was uh, the commentary mm-hmm. and uh just fighting steve's blob of a man um and then he fought me in the game too yeah yeah, yeah. um also i don't like it when you call me that i'm oh well, <laughs> I'm, I'm not calling it you hurts. that it hurts my heart I'm, uh, I'm well so, maybe I'm that's just a clogged cute, arteries cute nickname oh. steve blob of a man blob, <laughs> blob of a man <laughs> i want some t-shirts of this now anyway yeah um yeah yeah we made it. We made it. Our longest am, episode, I think. I am a sweaty boy, and I'm very sad that our longest episode is about wrestling games. I'm a little... I'm not very surprised, because, uh, yeah, there's just so much to dig into. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, uh, Blake, thank you so much for coming in yeah. and for, for uh, being patient with all of our weird scheduling snafus. No, and that's, uh, that's okay. Uh, we definitely hope to have you back for the next wrestling game. Sure uh, thing. Help, help, yeah. help Wait, there's through. more wrestling games? Oh, what? Seven no! more wrestling games to dig into, but we're not playing them this week. Um but we'll get into what we're playing next week. I just want to quickly remind people that the poll for our uh, 75th episode, you get a pick of the game that we are playing. Uh, that's up now at ultra64podcast.com. Get on there. Cast your vote. Uh, let us know what we're going to be playing on that 75th episode. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we love hearing from you guys when you do that. Also, uh, to, to that end, write in to ultra64podcast at gmail.com. I really want to hear people's takes on wrestling. I want to hear... Uh, yeah, tell us why ooh. wrestling doesn't suck. Yeah, tell, explain, <laughs> explain the appeal for you. Uh, tell us what you think of our opinions on this game. Tell tell me what I missed. Uh, anything mm-hmm. anything big and important that I missed that I can cover on the next now episode. That, yeah, now that you've covered all the corners of wrestling, we need more stuff for these seven more games. So. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I think we're going to go... I mean, we talked a lot about wrestling being lowest common denominator, but I think we're going to st- <laughs> stoop below that for next week's episode because we're playing Duke Nukem. We're ah, playing Duke yeah. Nukem 64 Ooh. and Duke Nukem Zero Hour. Yes, there are two Duke Nukem games on the N64. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I hate Duke Nukem. I don't know. I haven't played these games. I just hate it as a character and a concept. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how uh, we'll see how this goes. I might be very angry next week. All right. But uh, yeah, tune in for that one. This is just a new bit on the show is we just switch back and forth. Between things angry. we yeah. hate. Yeah. Eventually, we'll come back to a game Kinda we like, like again. Like caught in the crossfire right now. Yeah, exactly. Then we're playing a mech a mech fighter simulator oh, after God. that. Yeah, I don't like those. I think no. we I think we both agree we hate those. Yeah. Those, are, those are boring. Uh, anyway, tune in next week for Duke Nukem. Uh, somebody play my en- exit music. I think it's going to be Macho Man Randy Savage rapping. Boom, booga, boom, boom, booga. That's probably the rap beat. Anyway, bye everybody. <laughs> huh. Hogan, Hollywood officer, whatever they call you, I'm coming after you, you coward. I knew all along you had those tendencies Cause you've been running from me
cut you like I got a disease. Dude, please, your pay-per-view event was a joke. You're avoiding Randy Savage because you know you can smoke. Come on, that phony fight, the rock spank you fast. But when they tell him to go to a real fight, he passed. I called him out, but the punk was scared to go. It was a charity event, but the hog didn't show. Hollywood Hulkster, you're at the end of your rope. And I'm going to kick you in the butt and wash your mouth out with soap. Because, like Randy Dangerfield, he gets over his back. So come on, Hulk, let's rack so I can put you in check. Be a man, Hulk. Come on, don't be scared. You're running from Macho, that's what I heard. Be a man.